Blog Talk Radio. This is My Take Radio, Episode 7. I'm your host, Rich, and today is Thursday, August 20th, 2009. Uh, the music you just heard was the Transformers intro by Victor Steller. You can pick that up on podsafeaudio.com. You were supposed to have heard some new music, but once again, good old blog talk radio is working kind of stupid this evening. Nonetheless, we got lots to cover. We're doing two hours tonight. You can call in 347-324-3541 to contribute to the show in any shape, way, or form you wish to discuss any of the topics I will be going over or just for overall feedback. Again, that number is 347-324-3541. Before I start this evening's show, I just want to give a few updates in terms of the direction the show is going. Um, last week, uh, I heard from a lot of people that the show was eh, a little flat. I don't know if that's the uh, the more apropos way to say it, but you know, I, I I respect and you know hope to get more feedback from all of you. And given that you guys felt it was flat, I'm going to make it a point to try and you know make sure that the show is live with good topics, good discussion, and of course guests. Uh, relating to the My Take Radio website, the site should hopefully be live by uh, middle of September. I'm saying by the 15th. Uh, it's a little hard to do just because I'm learning web design the hard way. Um, so, you know, I own my own URL, so I don't want to go through the trouble of using, you know, things like Blogspot or WordPress. I want to try and build a site from scratch and be able to add my own content 
whether it be videos or links or things of that nature to the show. Um, the last two episodes, I also said that I was testing out the Audio Boo program. Uh, it's an iPhone app, and it will allow me to just do microblogging similar to Twitter or Facebook. Of course, it will be audio-based, and it will allow me to, you know, give a couple of going, you know, updates on the show without having to log into Blog Talk Radio or go on the website. And also, I'll be able to do reviews and things that won't be able to be covered, that I won't be able to cover within, you know, the normal time limit of the show. Because as always, given that we are under a certain time limit, Blog Talk Radio uh, gives you the boot after your time is up. But nonetheless, with those things out of the way, let's get into this week's MMA news to start. Uh, you can consider this first bit of information television-related as well as MMA. Uh, it seems that our former UFC Light heavyweight champion Chuck Liddell is going to be one of the competitors on Dancing with the Stars. Now, of course, you know, I'm more than sure there's going to be people giving, giving Chuck a lot of shit for selling out. Uh, I don't think he sold out. I think, you know, it's a, good, it's a good break from the rigors of the sport. I think, you know, given what's been happening to him as of late, you know, in terms of his last few fight performances not going according to plan, I think this is... Um, a good break for him. That's number one. Number two, um, I can't really shit on Dancing with the Stars because I've seen, I have seen the shape that some of these dancers get into while they're on the show, as well as some of the celebrities. And you know, any kind of exercise, I am all for. Uh, Chuck Liddell joins uh, Michael Irvin, who will be on there. Uh, Natalie Coughlin, uh, snowboarder Louis Vito. Aaron Carter, um, Mark DeCoscos, who is the chairman on Iron Chef, uh, Republican Majority Leader Tom DeLay, Macy Gray, Ashley Hamilton, Melissa Joan Hart, Kathy Ireland, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to go into it. Anyway, so yeah, Chuck is going to be on Dancing with the Stars, so it should be interesting. Um, UFC 102, uh, and sticking with the UFC theme, is August 29th. Uh, it's going to be the main event is Randy Couture is going to fight uh, Minotaro Nogueira. Uh, you'll also be seeing Keith Jardine fighting Thiago Silva. Chris Lieben's going to be fighting on the card, and Damian Maya versus Nate Marquardt. Also added to the card recently was uh, Christoph Szczynski and Brandon Vera. Uh, the preliminary card, which won't be broadcast, unfortunately, has a couple of good fighters. Uh, Gabriel Gonzaga's fighting. Justin McCulley, Nick Cantone, Marcus Aurelio, and Ed Herman are all fighting on the prelim card. It's unfortunate because, you know, I think that the Ed Herman-Aaron Simpson fight, as well as the uh, Gonzaga fight, should be on the main card. But you never know. Some of these fights may end quickly, and people may get the opportunity to, you know, be seen on the main card. Uh Going down the list, of course, uh, in Strike Force news, of course, the Strike Force uh, event on Showtime passed uh, this this past weekend, and of course, a uh, lot of lot of upsets, definitely off the bat, and you know, definitely a great night of fights overall. I feel that the women's main event uh, for the title definitely was very well put together. 
Um, I am going to give a few grievances first before I go over the card. I would like to say that the announcing personally to me was definitely more towards the annoying side than anything else. I felt that Mauro Ronaldo did a great job. Uh, Frank Shamrock's Key to the Cage segment is a very great segment to add to the fight. Not only does it show uh, computerized animations of various moves that are in the fighter's arsenal, it also shows keys to victory for each of those fighters, which uh, that, that's a great feature, um, along with the CompuStrike totals, which show how many shots, uh, punches, kicks, submission attempts were, were, show, were done by each opponent, by each combatant, sorry. I think that, that the overall presentation is really good. Um, my big gripe is primarily with Gus Johnson, who came over from the uh, CBS telecasts of Strike Force and Elite XC events. Uh, I really don't like his, um, how can you say it? I don't like his delivery. It, it always feels like he's like, uh, like, like scripted. Like he's like, hey, this is Gus Johnson with Mauro Ronaldo. I really just don't like that game show host vibe that he has about him. I think maybe it's just because he's not comfortable yet in terms of broadcasting at least um, mixed martial arts event, uh, events. Excuse me, I'm fucking up all my words tonight. But nonetheless, I feel Gus Johnson is more of a hindrance than a benefit. So I really hope he tightens up his game over the next few broadcasts or I will be watching that shit on mute. Um Strike Force as a whole, the card delivered uh, the heavyweight fight with uh, Fabricio Verdum and Mike Kyle. Uh, great fight. Verdum came in, put Kyle to sleep with a guillotine choke. Uh, Verdum has said uh, recently that he is interested in fighting Fedor. Uh, whether that happens or not remains to be seen. Of course, uh, they took the opportunity to hype the debut of Fedor in November. I'm more than sure that with Verdum's performance, he'll be considered one of the opponents for Fedor in November. Um, next was the interim lightweight title fight between Mitsuhiro Ishida and Gilbert Melendez. Uh, fantastic fight. Melendez was uh, trying to get uh, his win back. Uh, Mitsuhiro Ishida gave Melendez his first loss at the start of his career. Uh, Melendez, fantastic ring uh, cage work all three rounds. He ended up winning with a TKO in round three. Uh, Ishida, known for his great wrestling ability for some reason, could not keep Melendez down. Uh, it was recently said that uh, Ishida's camp had accused Melendez of greasing, hence why Ishida couldn't do any of his legendary and well-known wrestling. Now, whether that's true or not will be investigated. I think I didn't really notice uh, Melendez looking slippery at all. I think that he may have just had good strategy. I really hope that's what it was, and it didn't turn out to be uh, underhanded tactics on Melendez's part. But nonetheless, Melendez did a great job. He landed 104 strikes on the feet and 57 strikes on the round on the ground. Jesus Christ, I'm killing myself with fucking up words tonight. Sorry, folks. Uh, moving on, uh, Gegard Musa and Renato Babalusabrao fought for the uh, light heavyweight title. Uh, Musasi came in and just put Babalu to sleep uh, within the first minute of round one with the KO. Uh, he landed 11 of his ground strikes, just grounded and pounded him to sleep. Uh, Musasi came in with a lot of fanfare. 
I'm personally biased on the fact that he came in and fought for a title right away, but considering that the UFC were also showing interest in him, eh, I can I can see that Strike Force used that as a good bargaining chip. Um, of course, this leads us into the main event of the evening. Uh, Cyborg and Gina Carano both came in. They made weight for the fight. Uh, round one, just Cyborg mauling Carano, just coming in, fists blazing. Uh, Carano got her to the ground at one point and decided to let her back up. I don't know why she chose to do that because I felt that um, Cyborg definitely overpowered her and Carano may have had a better advantage on the ground. Uh, You know, a lot of people are saying she wasn't comfortable with her ground game, hence why she didn't do it. Uh, Fight ended with uh, Cyborg uh, on mount position, pounding out Gina Carano's face. Uh, The ref stopped the fight with you know, less than a second or two left in the round. A lot of people were saying Gina Carano should have held on, but she was not intelligently defending, which is one of the first things that the ref looks at. I think if she would have, you know, flailed her arms or moved her legs around, she would have had a chance to go into the second round. But the fight was officially stopped with by a TKO at 4 minutes, 59 seconds in the first round. Uh, Gina Carano did leave the cage after the decision, and she did not provide a post-fight interview. Now, of course, you know, with Cyborg putting on such a dominant performance, it, it poses the question of who may be a good, um, you know, a good challenger. Uh, right now they're looking at a couple of different female fighters who may be able to come in and, uh, you know, take a crack at her. Um, before I move on, I definitely want to say that Gina Carano made a fuckload of money. She made $125,000 uh, for basically five minutes of work. Uh, Cyborg made $25,000. Uh, this is all according to MMA Mania that provided these uh, figures. Uh, Musasi made $2,000 with a no-win bonus, and Babalu was $75,000. Melendez made fifty, and Ishida made thirty. Uh, Verdum made 50, including a $25,000 win bonus. And uh, Mike Kyle got $14,000. It's, you know, uh, definitely figures are skewed. I'm, I definitely was very shocked to see that Gina Carano made $125,000 for the fight, given that, you know, that that's a really, really huge difference between what her and Cyborg made. Um, make of it what you will, but... It's always weird when numbers get discussed in MMA just because you definitely start seeing uh, the huge differences in pay. Uh, moving on, uh, little Nagara's brother, uh, whoops, Nagara's brother was recently signed, uh, Antonio Nagara. He would is a light heavyweight, 17 and three. He will be starting with the UFC uh, soon. Uh, his brother. Uh, Minotaro Nogueira confirmed it during the UFC 102 conference call. Um, I definitely think that adding Little Nogueira into the division is a great move. He's an exciting fighter to watch, 17-3 and three overall. He has uh, victories over a lot of great fighters, Alistair Overeem, Henderson, Guy Mesker, Sakuraba, all great fighters that he has defeated. So definitely going to be a great addition to the light heavyweight division. I'm definitely excited to see some of the fights that will be put on by the light heavyweight division. Uh, 
Uh, my notes are all fucked up. Sorry. Uh, Nevada State Athletic Commission approved instant replay on MMA. I actually touched on this uh, in the last week's broadcast. Uh, the rule should be taking effect within 30 days. It'll allow uh, definitely for fouls, low blows, and stoppages. I think that the instant replay, personally, I think is a great addition. Uh, there's definitely a lot of things that slip in that the ref does not see. I've seen enough times during MMA fights, guys grabbing the cage. Uh, you get guys accidentally, quote, unquote, hitting people behind the head, which you're not supposed to do, uh, groin strikes, things of that nature. So instant replay is a plus. I definitely look forward to seeing it in full effect. And I got to give credit to the boys at Bloody Elbow for that. Uh, Sports Illustrated, I'm surprised they came out with something so interesting. Uh, Josh Gross recently posted on SI.com that Anderson Silva is contemplating moving up to heavyweight to fight Frank Mir. Uh, there's been a, a lot of rumors as to what Silva's going to do in regards to weight division. He has said that he does not want to move up to light heavyweight because he does not want to fight Lyoto Machida. Uh, I think personally, because they're friends and shit, look, friends are friends, are friends, and that's always the case, but these are the fucking fights people want to see, and I think that while it's cool to see him go up to heavyweight and possibly fight Brock Lesnar, which would be a ridiculous fight, I think that he should fucking go to light heavyweight and fight Machida and really see who the best pound-for-pound fighter is. I don't like the fact that a lot of these fighters, and, you know, Dana White has touched on it before, he said that, you know, nobody, you know, friendships are fine, you know, outside of the cage, but this is fucking business. So, you know, man the fuck up, go to light heavyweight since you're doing so good there, and don't jump to weight classes. I think that that's, while a good, you know, while it is exciting, because the possibility of Anderson Silva and Brock Lesnar is ridiculous, it, it kind of, you know, makes it look like he pushed out and didn't want to fight at light heavyweight. So I think Anderson should definitely go in there for that. But we'll see what happens. To close out this week's MMA news, Brock Lesnar and Shane Carwin was uh, signed for UFC 106. Shane Carwin stated on his website that he is taking the fight and that they're ironing out the details for a showdown in November. Uh, Shane Carwin was scheduled to fight uh, Cain Velasquez with the winner getting a title shot at Brock, but I guess they felt that they had to get Brock Lesnar in there right before the holidays, you know, because a lot of the big fights go on during, you know, that break between Christmas and New Year's and Super Bowl time. So it's always cool to see. Um, that's going to close out MMA news as a whole, and I'm just going to cover – a couple of little things uh, wrestling-related because there were a couple of funny things that happened over the last week. Uh, Nick Dinsmore, who some of you that are familiar with wrestling, uh, he wrestled as Eugene, who was the quote-unquote uh, mentally handicapped superstar, which, you know, I can be offended for a lot of reasons because, you know, my, 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 one of my sisters is handicapped, and I felt that... Uh, the fact that you wanted to make, you know, let me use this term loosely, a retarded wrestler uh, is beyond me. But, you know, he was uh, very popular with the kids for whatever reason. Nonetheless, he got fired because he was addicted to drugs, supposedly, and he did not want to go to rehab. So I'm assuming he cleaned himself up, 
He was on Raw last week, and no sooner was he on Raw what than his ass was fired. He was let go on the 14th. Uh... Best best and worst news I heard over the weekend was Kurt Angle getting arrested. Uh, it seems that Kurt Angle was arrested uh, for the following charges. Driving while operating privileges were suspended, prohibited acts, possession, and harassment. Uh, it seems that he was found with two vials of HGH in his car, and he said that he had a prescription for them. Uh, the issue stems from the fact that he was dating uh, a TNA wrestler by the name of Raka Khan, seems that uh, she filed an order of protection against Kurt Angle, and uh, she called the cops saying that Kurt Angle was following her, but it turns out that uh, there's a whole big story to it. Kurt Angle actually went on the, uh, on the air recently on the uh, Buckhead and Bubba show and pretty much explained what happened, and, you know, it's been confirmed supposedly by backstage sources at TNA that, you know, he, he's been trying to get this chick to get out of his house, and she won't leave, uh, you know, definitely crazy, uh, crazy chick, you know, called the cops on him, filed an order of protection on the DL, and he just got, he just got caught out there. Sucks for him. I hope uh, it's not true, and, you know, she's just crazy, but who knows. Um, next week, Monday Night Raw's host is going to be Floyd Mayweather. I'm not going to cover it any further because I don't give a fuck. Because these, I got to watch Raw this week, and the host was Freddie Prince Jr. Why? Because he's going to be on fucking 24. Because he's replacing Kiefer Sutherland. It, it's it's bullshit. Fucking these hosts are getting more and more fucking lame every time. But I'm not going to harp on it too much. Uh, I definitely want to see what happens with uh, Floyd Mayweather. He's probably going to be plugging his upcoming fight since he's coming out of retirement, quote-unquote. But uh, that closes up the catastrophe that is wrestling. And we're going to get into the meat and potatoes of the show. We're going to do the video game news first, and we're also going to be doing movie news. Uh, Slick is going to be calling in shortly to provide uh, some feedback on a couple of different topics. He's gonna, I know he's been talking the last few days about uh, Arkham Asylum. He's going to go into that. He's also going to cover some things from the best of 2009, a little bit of one versus 100. He's also going to give his thoughts on Shadow Complex. Uh, before he calls in, I just want to touch on a few things. Uh, Nintendo confirmed earlier this week that Pokemon Heart Gold and Soul Silver, which are the DS remakes of Pokemon Gold and Silver, will be released in the U.S. next spring. Uh, the Japanese versions were confirmed in May, but this is the first U.S. confirmation. The remakes will come in with improved graphics, sounds, and the addition of touchscreen controls. Um, I haven't played a Pokemon game in a long time, so I look forward to it. Uh, definitely, I liked Gold and Silver when I did play them, so it'll be cool to play them on the DS. So, there you go. Pokemon fans, you get Heart Gold and Soul Silver in the spring. And by the looks of things, it looks like Slick may be calling in. Slick, is that you? Yeah, man, what's up? What's going on? Yeah, when you were talking about that uh, Gina Carano and Cyborg fight, I decided to check it out while you were still covering MMA. Dude, that wasn't a fight. That was ring. That was a mauling. <laughs> yeah, 
she got her ass beat. That chick said, listen, I look like a freaking Terminator already. I'm going to make this pretty bitch look like me. And that's exactly what she did. Well, it's it's funny that you say that, and I will, you know, I mean, I'll, I'll take a step back for a second. Um, well, I think one of the big issues and one of the primary motivators for Cyborg beating Gina Carano's ass is the fact that Gina Carano, every time she's introduced, every article she's in, she is considered the face of women's MMA. You know, just because she's pretty and she's, you know, she she is hot, you know, let, let, we got to call a spade a spade. The fact of the matter is that using a title of that nature definitely rubs a lot of women the wrong way because she's not the only chick that fights, you know. And to make her the face of women's MMA without, you know, without giving a lot of other women a chance to show their skills definitely probably rubbed them all the wrong way. And I think that, you know, Cyborg had something to prove, and, she's, and she said it in an interview a couple of weeks before the fight. She's like, I'm going to break the face of women's MMA, you know, and, wow. and it's tough talk, but she went in there and she did it. Because think about it, you know, think about you being good at something and there's other people just as good, if not better, but yet because you have an intangible quality that other women don't have, you're the best, you know? And, you know, women are very competitive. Not to say that men aren't, but I think when it comes to certain sports, you know, I'm not going to be sexist and say it's a catty thing, but there's definitely, you know, there's definitely some shit to be said, you know, when, when you know, a, a woman is being told, hey, you're the number one chick without a lot of other women getting a chance to show their talent. So I think that was a primary motivator for her to get her ass beat. And that motivation worked very well. <laughs> and that's there you I go. That. So, as I, you know, as I set you up with, uh, I know you had a couple of things. Let's start with that Arkham Asylum demo. I got to play it. I'm looking forward to picking it up. What do you got to say? What are your thoughts? Yeah, man, I, I went from being highly skeptical about it because, you know, Batman is my number two superhero behind Spidey, and, you know, Spidey games have been decent but not great, and the Batman games have been uh, lately shitty. So uh, I was really skeptical about this one. I mean, the graphics are great. It was like, yo, they put all this work into the graphics, and, like, something's got to give. But I played the demo, and I got to say, it's living up to the hype. What I, what I, I forgot the name of the actual developer, but it's, uh, uh, they, 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 they did a lot of things right. They took the aspects that were good from a lot of other either mediocre or shitty superhero games and put them all together in Batman. Because... I'm going to say this, and it may, might sound like I'm jumping on the game, but there's zero originality in Batman Arkham Asylum. Fortunately, this is true. Fortunately, all of that makes for what I think is going to be a really, really excellent game, not only for Batman fans, but for anybody who likes like a, a single-player adventure game. Because, I mean, I mean, you got the stealth, okay, Batman is basically freaking Sam Fisher in a Halloween costume. But they, they're this doing it right. They're doing it right. And his whole thing hiding in the shadows so that the, the bad guys can't see him. Okay, they did that in the first Spider-Man movie game. The first Spider-Man movie game was a piece of shit. All they right. Got the, but um, you know what? Go ahead. 
You got the um, the whole you're in the, zone. The, the detective sense. That's basically the symbiote costume of Spider Sense from Spider Man Web of Shadows. But again, they're doing it right. And okay. I went from a guy who wasn't gonna touch this game to a guy who might put down a hundred bucks on this game next week to get a freaking battering. You know what? Right, right there. Before we 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 move on to some of the other topics, including some of the stuff you were bringing to the table, I'm I'm gonna touch on that also and say that I play the demo almost every time I go into any GameStop or any Target for a reason that you know I'm a fucking sheep. And besides the fact that it was a very very well made control layout, while yep. I've while I've said before the control layout was you know similar to um, the Jet Li game from PlayStation 2, I think that it was very user-friendly, very pick-up-and-play, especially considering that, you know, it takes the time to train you. Hey, you hit square and you do all the punches. You hit triangle for, uh, for counter moves. You do uh, circle for the cape, X to jump. And then, you know, by, in playing the demo, you see the detective mode, and they show you how to swing from gargoyle to gargoyle and hanging upside down. One thing I did like was the fact that they showed um, the fear when you were taking out criminals. Like, I went through one stage, and I just started taking the guys out real quiet. And when you're in detective mode, you see their pulse and their heart rate, and it shows them nervous. It shows them upset. I think that that's a, a very novel approach, and I think it also used elements of Metal Gear Solid, you know, with the exclamation point and the alert. I definitely yeah. like that. I also like the fact that there was uh, battle damage on the costume, which is a plus because, you know, Batman, for all intents and purposes, is a regular dude. He's got no superpowers. He's just got a fuckload of money and a lot of free time. That's, that's the best way to put it, you know? And he's, you know, it's cool that they actually, you know, he gets hit and he gets hurt and he reacts accordingly. I definitely can appreciate that. Yeah, his costume looks pretty shitty in this game. I mean, it looks like he's actually been after the Joker for more than a couple of days. And he's got a 5 o'clock shadow. It looks like he ain't taking a shower in a while. This is true. Well, with that on, uh, before we go into the next topic, it looks like we have a caller on the air. Let's see what we got. Who's this? You're on the air. Yeah, it's Ant. Hey, Ant, what's going on? Oh, I was just listening to the whole thing about Arkham Asylum, and I was... Not to, not to rain on the parade. I mean, I did have a lot of fun with the demo, and, I, and I'm impressed enough to actually buy the game instead of running it from Gamefly. But my only real complaint is that it seems like those little gargoyles that you swing onto seem to be in every room that you need them to be in. And it's, and I'm, I'm thinking that since it's everywhere that you need it, if it does that through the entire game, how is that going to keep the game varied? Like, it just seems a little bit cheap to me. Okay. Well... Me, I think the main. Whether or not you think that there's going to be more elements that we're not seeing in the demo. Um, I think um, Slick, if you want to go first, by all means, you can. Honestly, I think they probably will be in a lot of rooms, but not every room. But I think the game seemed intelligent to me, like. If you take out one guy right next to another guy, he's going to see you sitting on the gargoyle and you need to move your ass or you're going to get gunned down. Also, there are guys that are a lot freaking more dangerous than a guy 
a guy, <clears throat> excuse me, a guy standing with a machine gun around. You got freaking Bane. You got Killer Croc. You got just freaking mutated dudes running around in Arkham Asylum. There's, there's going to be a point where sitting on a gargoyle is not going to save your ass, even if you move to another one. So I don't, I don't even care if they're in every room because I have a feeling that it's not going to help you at certain points. Batman has always had to improvise. That's what's great about Batman. He's always improvised. Even when he had a freaking broken back, he improvised. And that's what you're going to have to do in this game. And I see it even from the demo. Well, like, here's, a, here's another thing, though. I mean, like, I understand there's going to be boss fights. There's going to be all kinds of stuff where, where they'll either know that you're on a gargoyle or, or like, they'll have some extra sense. Like, I guess mutation can bring certain people to a sense where they, well, they'll be able to know where you go. But, like, going down to the combat system, I mean, I know the controls are good and all, but having only one real attack button and then a, a counter, or what was it, triangle was the counterattack and there was attack. I think that dealing with bosses or anyone where you can't escape via jumping onto a gargoyle is going to get kind of, I don't know how intuitive the control is going to be with only one attack button and one, I guess it will be block or counterattack button. Well, you know, you bring up a good point, and and it's funny you say that, but I think that there's gonna be um, strategy intent in the turn in the sense that you're gonna be using the detect. I see the detective mode being used a lot in terms of looking for weaknesses, and I can definitely see bosses getting defeated with the environment as opposed to just your fists. Because a lot of times, even in the comics, Batman used his surroundings to take out some of the bad guys, it's as well like as fear. Yeah, I can see it definitely like Spider-Man, uh, maybe even a couple of elements of Metal Gear and uh, Splinter Cell. I can definitely see that being thrown in there, just given the characteristics of Batman as a character. You know, that's not to dispute the fact that, like you said, you know, you got one attack button and a counter button. But I have a feeling that the counter button is going to come in handy depending on the type of villain you're going to be fighting. I think if you're fighting a guy like Killer Croc, you know, he has enhanced senses, enhanced strength, and, you know, he can breathe underwater. Yeah, he can breathe underwater. I think that there's definitely going to be, you know, a different different mode in terms of defeating him. It's not going to be straight-up brawls. I think with some of the low-key bad guys, especially with Mr. Zaz, who was in the demo, you know, they told you you got to sneak up behind him and take him out because he's a, if Mr. Zaz is really a low-budget dude. You know, he's a fucking Hannibal Lecter-type dude. But I think for guys like Killer Croc, the Penguin, uh, the Riddler, not so much the Riddler because he's just a, a pussy that reads riddles. And, you know, I don't, see, I don't see it. I don't see the Riddler being a boss that's going to be serious. But definitely guys like the Joker – uh, of course, that's going to be an incredible battle. If they throw in guys like Man Bat, um, Killer Croc, Clayface, I can see guys like that definitely posing a, a huge, huge, huge problem. Yeah, I wanted to touch on something Ant said going back to Spider-Man. Take from Web of Shadows the fight against Wolverine when he was covered in a symbiote. You, you, you fight that fight in a symbiote yourself. I mean, actually, you got to take it off at some points because the only way to really stop Wolverine, even for a second, is to hit a belt, which is going to hurt you if you're wearing a symbiote. But you got to compare that to even with the symbiote, 
if the two of them just went head up and Wolverine's coming in the symbiote, Spider-Man's going to die if they just stand there and fight. So you take a fight like Batman versus Bane. Batman weighs 210 pounds of solid muscle, no fat, knows just about every form of martial arts in the world, and I wouldn't put five cents on him against Bane on a freaking, like, one-on-one hand-to-hand fight because Bane's simply going to crush him, literally. So you um, are obviously going to have to improv. Well, I got, I got two things to say on the on the game before I, I let go of that subject. One thing would be I really hope that they don't deal with even half of the boss fights with QTEs because I, I know everyone's getting kind of tired of being like, press triangle to make him jump into a bridge, press square to smack him in the face. That kind of stuff is, is kind of getting annoying and overdone. That's the first yep, thing. Yep, that shit does suck. And the second thing I want to say is that if I remember right, I don't. I never really read the comics, and I never, <clears throat> I never really gave the cartoon a real fair chance. But um, I'm not sure. But wasn't Bane really not huge until they gave him that Venom stuff, and, and all of a sudden he got bulked up, and that's that's why he's the way he is. And if that's true, yeah, he takes the original the Venom, Bane. There's there's been a few different incarnations, but the original Bane was an actual wrestler. He also went this to prison, true. and he became in an Cuba. experiment in a prison. And, like, the dude does have some natural fighting uh, ability. I'm not going to put him on the level of Batman, but, again, you put Batman against some dude that has insane strength and pretty much doesn't feel pain. Batman's got to do something other than use his freaking Taekwondo and shit. I'm well, you know what? To... Go ahead, I'm just hoping that the fight doesn't end with, with it like this. Okay, now that you got Bane uh, dizzy from smacking into a metal wall, why don't you press triangle now to counterattack and pull his pipes out? Uh-oh, his venom is leaking out. Now he's getting tinier. Now you can smack him down and, and apprehend him. The end of that fight. I really hope it doesn't end that way because that would be really let down. Well, you know what it is, and um, I know Slick is probably chomping at the bit, but... um. This is this, I can see a fight with Bane definitely having to do with severing the venom tubes from the back of his head because that's really his his weakness is taking the venom away and he becomes a regular dude. But to touch on something that I that I hope they do and uh, put in the story is just the fact that you know Batman is you know the Dark Knight detective. He's good at noticing little things for you know beating his opponents. You know a good example was and and this is just referencing to a comic book. He fought Superman. And you, and for all intents and purposes, Superman will always whoop Batman's ass in a straight-up fight. That That's just the way it is. You know, it's, Superman can't get hurt. You know, Batman will kick him in the nuts and break his foot, and that's it. But the fact of the matter remains that Superman always said, like, look, man, if I ever get too out of hand or too out of control, I'm giving you this ring made out of kryptonite, which Batman always keeps on him. So whenever Superman acts a fool... Batman throws the ring on and whoops Superman's ass all over Gotham City. And the only reason I reference that is because it's, it's more so about the ingenuity, you know, figuring out the weakness, which I hope it, that's what they do. You know, I definitely agree that if the boss fights are make him run into this wall, press triangle to counter. Oh, no, hit circle, then square, then triangle for a preconceived set of fucking events. It's going to suck, and it's going to get old really fast. But if they, pre- if they play on the fact that Batman is intelligent, you know, and they make it more about, you know, using skill, you know, like Splinter Cell 
or like Metal Gear, I can definitely see the game having some good replay value just because I'm more than sure there's going to be an achievement of beat the game without getting detected or, you know, shit like that. I can see it going that route. There are certain achievements like that because I have seen some of the achievements already. And just going back to what you said about Superman, and if they – because they did hire Paul Denny to do the writing, and he was one of the writers on the animated series, which was always excellent. But, um, yeah, if they're smart, they're going to go with – you know, making you think instead of the the whole God of War button mashing in in a sequence thing because not only did Superman give him a ring, Batman once got kicked out of the Justice League because he has a contingency plan to basically kill every member of the Justice League if they go rogue. This is very true. Well, before before you uh, move on any further, I know there's another caller on hold, and I just wanted to tell that caller to hold on. You know, we're just trying to, you know, get through the Batman thing, and I will take their call shortly. All right, bro, proceed. Finish your thought. I'm done. Oh, I, well, have, I have one more, you know what one more thought to go into, and then I'm, then I'm done, too. Well, go ahead, Ant. Uh, my, my little thought was, is that, okay, we know that... that, that According to the cinema sequence in, in a demo that Joker's been put away a bunch of times, according to the story, I'm wondering now if the game is going to take is going to take place after he's already seen these these villains, like after he's already met with Bane before and knows how to how to beat them. Because if that's true, then then it'll probably be an easier fight than if you have to really really go into detective mode to find out to pull out his place. My little little thought right there is that if he's already familiar with these enemies, then the game could be a little easier for for newcomers and casual gamers. But if he's not familiar, if it's more like like Batman is just just meeting these people, which wouldn't make too much sense considering Joker already has the whole city rigged, then it would be a little more difficult and better for people like like us, like people who've been playing games for a long, long time. Well, you know what? That that that's actually, you know, I I definitely think that it's gonna definitely appeal to casual gamers based on the pickup and play, but I also see it that there is going to be a learning curve in the sense that he has put away these guys, uh, you know, he has put them away for a multitude of reasons for a multitude of times. But you know what it is? Each one of these guys is fucking crazy. And when you're dealing with somebody crazy, you can't always use the same approach. You know, a good example of that is with the Riddler. Nine times out of ten, his riddles Batman always figures out because he wants to be caught. So, you know, that's why I'm saying, you know, the Riddler's a pussy. He's not, you know, he's probably going to be one of those guys that's thrown out there, you know, in the beginning of the game, you know, like a little casual bad guy to set the pace. And then as you progress through the game, you're definitely going to fight some, some, some tougher bosses. I, I feel that they're definitely going to start you easy just because they want to suck you in. And then once you're in, you, you know, you might be getting your ass beat. <laughs> that's good. That's a good thought, then. I'm done with the whole Batman thing now that we've covered all, that, all those bases. Well, you know what, Ant, um, I actually want you to stick around because I want to touch on a piece of news with you while, while Slick is on, but uh, let me uh, take this next call. All right, thanks. Who's this? You're on the air. Rob, also known as Dark Helmet from the forums. Oh, shit. What's going on, Dark Helmet? What do you got? I heard all the, I heard all the Batman stuff, so I wanted to chime in. Like how you're talking about how you hope that some of the fights are a lot more challenging well, if they did it well, I think, like, for the Bane fight, it won't just be, oh, make him run into a wall, like, 
Make it sure. Make him run into a wall. Then you have to jump through a batarang. Hope you hit the right part of his tubes. And if that works, maybe you'll weaken him. That's a cool you know? way to do it. Or like freaking poison ivy. There is no way in hell Batman's gonna fight her one to one. She's got freaking control of the plants. There, he'd have, yeah, he'd this have to is true. He'd have to figure out a way to like maybe make the plants attack her or some crazy shit. There's a lot of things I'm sure that are out there that they'll be able to battle with. There you go. A bunch of times, so I think that in Arkham Asylum there has to be some kind of I don't know antidote or something like that, or some kind of a chemical they can use to put in the system so that she can't use them, or that they don't work to her advantage, something like that. Because she's been put away before. There's, there's got to be some kind of plan hidden in Arkham Asylum somewhere against her. Yeah, well, there, although there's all the plants that are probably like outside, and in the trailer it shows Poison Ivy getting wrapped up in all these crazy leaves, so you know she's got some sort of attack plant. She wouldn't go in there with knowing <laughs> that everything's against her. That's that. You know what, Rob? You you know you bring up an interesting point, but here's what what's gonna happen. What's gonna happen is we're gonna be talking about this shit. What's today? August 20th. The game allegedly comes out Tuesday. Half of the shit that we're fucking talking about, whether it's good or bad, that shit is not going to be the same shit at all. Like, you know, nine times out of ten, while the demo does show you some shit, the game is, is sometimes totally different. There are instances where I've played a demo, and I go, man, this game fucking sucks. And then I play the game, and I'm like, holy shit, it wasn't as bad as, as the fucking demo. So, you know, I'm mm-hmm. more than sure that the demo was put out just to wet the palate, you know, to get people amped up for it, you know, considering that you can play it in, in, in Target and Best Buy and shit. You know, they, they know that they're getting it out there, but the demo is the icing on the cake. We're going to find out how good this game really is next week when we lay out our $60 or we rent it off a of Gamefly. That's how we're going to know. Damn straight. I'm looking forward to picking it up for the PS3. Yeah, there I'm going to get a PS3 Slim pretty much enough for this game and a few others, but this is going to be my first one to get on PS3. Oh, yeah, I want to get it for the PS3 for Joker mode. That's yeah. my whole reason. The reason why I'm getting it for PS3. There's more levels on the PS3 and, like you said, the Joker mode. And one thing, not to kind of spoil anything, but I've read, I mean, Scarecrow is a character in the game. Who says they won't make you fight Bane while you're freaking pumped up on Scarecrow toxins? That would be, that would be ridiculous. some cool shit. Ridiculous. Holy shit. Yeah, I can't imagine that. Nice. That would be badass. That would be an insane but, fight. But you know what? We've given Batman way too much fucking time. So yeah, here, here's how I got to see it. Here's how I see it. Play the fucking demo. Buy the game next week. Simple as that. But, uh... Rob, if you want to stick around, I actually want to run this by uh, and Ant just because they are both fans of Transformers and this has to do with them. Um, The Transformers 2 game, of course, came out when the movie did. And make of it what you will. Some people say it's, you know, it's a good game to pass the time. Other people say it sucks. But what I wanted to talk about was the fact that uh, Microsoft will be releasing a pack uh, it's going to be 800 points or 10 bucks if you got it on PlayStation 3, and it's going to have new maps and new skins and new characters. Uh, the characters you're going to get are Soundwave, Sideswipe, and Jazz. Plus, you're going to get Jetfire for multiplayer gaming. 
In addition, they're going to toss out some skins uh, for Generation 1 Optimus Prime, Generation 1 Megatron, Generation 1 Starscream, and Sunstorm. They're also going to give you Generation 1 colors for Ratchet and Sideswipe, as well as a stealth paint job for Bumblebee. Uh, They're going to give new multiplayer maps, uh, the Courtyard, Hillside, and Sandstorm, letting you play in Cairo, as well as an expert difficulty level for the single-player campaign. Now, with all that bullshit out of the way, um, I th- I, if I'm correct, I believe Ant played Transform- the Transformers game. Am I right? Say again? Did you play the Transformers game? Oh, yeah. I beat it on both campaigns. Now, uh, I'm, more than, I'm, not, I'm not sure whether Slick played it or not, but just based on your experience first, do you feel that 800 points basically for some skins and some characters is fair, considering that the game wasn't as good as most people were expecting it to be, but movie games are never that good to begin with? Honestly, I'm thinking more like 400 points. Like 800 points is good if you have maybe a new campaign or even a mini campaign. But a few new missions and some skins and stuff like that is just not good enough. I mean, if you look at it as, as, a, as compared to, what is it, Red Faction, Gorilla's new pack that just came out, the Demons of the Badlands, that's what, like, three new missions and, like, a bunch of side missions and a whole, pretty much a whole new side campaign, 800 points, as opposed to Transformers 2's pack, which is, like, what, one or two missions and a bunch of skins. That's it. Okay. Now, the reason why, I, that's why I told you to stick around, and I'll get to Rob in a minute. Now, Slick, I know you've shit on Transformers 2 in multiple levels between hard shit, firm shit, liquidy shit, you know, verbal di- verbal diarrhea. You've given it all. Now, what I want to ask you is, do you, does the game appeal to you, given that you can play as Generation One characters? Not 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 talking about the fact that it's the second Transformers, but just on the on the strength of just playing as Generation One characters. Would you consider playing it? Now, I would play it. I wouldn't buy it though. I would absolutely play it. I wouldn't pay any money for it because I've seen those skins that you're talking about. Like, I saw the Generation 1 Optimus Prime skin, and even though the colors are all correct, it still doesn't look like Optimus Prime because basically you put those colors on the movie Optimus Prime, which just doesn't look like the original Optimus Prime. However, I will give you the Starscream skin is badass. It doesn't nice. look like the movie Starscream at all. It looks like Starscream. Okay. Um, Rob, I don't know if you've, if you've played it or if you've been interested in playing it, but I figured I'd keep you on just because I wanted to pick your brain also. What, what do you think? Given, given the inclusion of these bonuses, which, you know, of course you've got to lay out money for because it's not even fucking free, but it, would it appeal to you as, as, as just a, as a gamer or, is a, or even as a fan? It has potential. But unless you really, really were diehard, then nah, there's no point. Like I've never, I haven't played the game. I never had the appeal to it. Transformers Two was kind of a strange movie anyway, so I wouldn't pay for it either way. Hmm. Okay. All right. Well, I figured I'd keep Ant on for that. Uh, if you guys want to stick around, if you want to stick around, Helmet. But before I move into any other topic. Which one of you guys has the show on in the fucking background? 
I think that's rough. Because I can fucking hear it clear as day, and it's creepy as shit. (laughs) Yeah, I I called in. That was my fault. That's totally my fault. I was going right. to tell him to turn it down when he first came on, but I was like, nah, I think you're What were you going to say, Ant? Uh, like, as soon as I, I called in, I turned it off. Like, I, I closed the window because I knew that you were going to hear it. Even though I have on my headphones, which is on the table, you can still kind of hear it in the background. My headphones are fucking bad. Ah. All right, well, I'm a, uh, it's good to have you guys on here. It, uh, it adds to the debate, so I'm going to run through some of the news. You can chime in as necessary, so by all means, I ask that you stick around. Awesome. Um, if any of you guys remember the old Earthworm Jim games, guess what? They're making a comeback. Uh, Gameloft made an announcement recently that they will be bringing back Earthworm Jim on WiiWare, the PlayStation Network right. Store, mobile phones, and Xbox Live Arcade. Uh, with the Xbox version getting an exclusive one-month preview before the other versions are released. Now, Earthworm Jim was a fucking guilty pleasure of mine. I think a fucking a giant worm in a fucking jacked-up suit was amusing, to say the least. But, uh, you know, that was during the era when there was actual creativity in games. And, you know, <laughs> you, had, you had such great gems as Clay Fighters and Boogerman. <laughs> yeah, so... You know, is that some shit you guys would play? Would you would you look play an Earthworm Jim game considering that Not shit is old money. as hell? Not for money. Nope. <laughs> I have never played Earthworm Jim, so I kinda need to. As a oh man, dude. The Sonic Dems collection. If it came on that I would play it. But I wouldn't pay money for it by itself. Nice. Well said, it's got gentlemen. Like three well said. different copies of Earthworm Jim one on different systems. I got it on PC. I got it on Game Boy. It's like, hell no, I ain't paying for that game again. It's a great <laughs> game. I own it multiple times. Fuck you. Make a new game. Let me just get a PSP and put it on there on a, on a 16 gig card. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, is, that is pretty funny. But the fact of the matter is that you and, you and I both know that with the era of, you know, retro shit making a comeback... You know, it's gonna start. You're, it's gonna start oozing its way into games. You know, it happened with Bionic Commando. It happened with Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo HD, long ass fucking title ever. You know, it, it's gonna happen with a lot of these old games where they're just gonna fucking start throwing shit at a wall and seeing if it sticks. So oh, I'm not surprised. Reshelled. What was that? Ninja Turtles reshelled. Oh yeah, that game was. Um, okay, let's go into another subject. Oh yeah, well I, I bought that game. shit. I bought that shit like that that shit like a douche. But you know, it was fun for what it was worth, you know, and it definitely took me back to the old days when I'd fucking spend quarter after quarter in the arcade. So, you know, sometimes for guilt from a guilty pleasure standpoint, it's like fuck, take my money. You know, I just open my pockets and let them get raped. <laughs> but um weird, weird thing about that that I was just thinking about while you're saying it. Is that like I'd rather play the game in an arcade and pump a bunch of quarters into it. Even though I'm cheap, I would rather put a bunch of quarters into a game and feel like I'm accomplishing something by devoting my money to it rather than, than paying once and playing for free forever and not really feeling like I have to keep trying. This is true. Uh, that, that is true. I mean, you know, what happens is when you play an arcade game, you know, you're so – you're more motivated because you're like, fuck, man, can I beat this game on one quarter? And then, you know, if you die for, like, a real bullshit reason, you know, you're motivated to continue playing. When you're playing one of those games that's on a console, 
you know, the simplicity of it, you might blast through the game in an hour. And you'll yeah, say to yourself, anthology showed me that. Exactly. You'll be like, fuck, man, I spent whatever, 1,400 points on a game that I beat in 20 minutes when it would have probably cost me $2 and quarters. You know, I mean, there's definitely a, a, a curve in the sense that that is very fucking irritating. But on the same token, I think a lot of arcade games don't get a lot of love on consoles. Like um, Aliens vs. Predator, the arcade game, you know, the final fight one, not the first-person shooter. Uh, that was a good game that definitely didn't get a lot of love on consoles. And I can, you know, it would be a cool remake to do. Um, I think definitely a more updated version of Final Fight would be badass. You know, things like that. Remake something that people already have five times. True. But at least if you're going to remake it, you know, take the Street Fighter 2 approach, you know, bring that shit into the now. You know, nothing is more annoying than, oh, yeah, we remade this game with fucking pixels from 20 years ago. Hey, fuckhead, I got a TV that's $1,000. It's going to make it look like a snot when you look at it. Exactly. You know, it's like, whole, it's like wow, I blew my nose on my television. Holy shit, is that Mario? You know, like shit like that. <laughs> Personally, the way I see it is if you're going to make it a remake of or even a port of any kind of a classic game from at least 10 years ago, you have to clean up the pixels. And if, if you have to do it by completely remaking the sprites in HD, like uh, Street Fighter 2, then that's the only way I can see it being successful and great. And if you're going to do it in 3D like you did with, with uh, Bionic Commando and Ninja Turtles, then it has a high chance of fail when it comes to that because you can either make the 3D look bad or you can make the 3D look really good. And chances are you're going to go the cheap way and make it look bad. Oh, shit. Look at Ant just bringing the fucking fire out. All right. All right. Going back I'm to gonna... what he said about the quarters thing just before you move on. Go ahead, sir. I, it's kind of not even the not even the Wii. Like they they say, say it's the fault of the Wii. Hardcore gaming really is dying because there really is no more hardcore gaming. Death has pretty much been removed from video games. Like the game that I freaking have been jizzing all over all all these shows. Infamous. I played it on. I first played it on medium, and it's my first playthrough. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. The second time I played through, I played on the hardest level. I beat the shit out of everything. Like, and the game was clearly harder, but I played that much harder. Like, nothing was killing me because as soon as you get hurt, oh, look, there's a freaking a TV antenna. Let me throw some lightning into it and suck it out so I can recharge, and I'm good. Yeah, one thing that needs nice. to go away is... um hiding behind a rock and regenning. I like my, I like my health bars back, please. <laughs> Good shit. All right. Um, let's see. What do we got here? We got another caller on hold. I will get to them in a minute. Let me just run through this stuff. Uh, if any of you guys out there have played or know of the game Spore, uh, it is going to make its way onto consoles. Maxim, Max has actually announced that uh, two Spore games are going to be coming out for Nintendo in October. Spore Hero is coming out for Nintendo Wii and Spore Hero Arena for the DS. Uh, they will be available in the U.S. on October 6th and internationally October 9th. Uh, they tell you that in Spore Hero, the player must save their creature's home planet from destruction in order to accomplish the task. The player must engage in battles, solve puzzles, and unlock more than 250 new creature parts. Now, before I go into, now before I go into wiping my ass with Spore... 
Um, isn't that isn't isn't this fucking Pokemon just yep. with parts instead of other monsters? You know, it's like everybody creams in their pants over fucking Spore, like it's the shit. Oh my god, it, it, it's it's fucking horse shit. It's like, oh look, we're gonna give you parts and you're gonna create your own monster. It's fucking Pokemon. It really is. I, I'm tired of this Spore shit. And and everybody creaming in their pants like it's the second coming. It's Pokemon with, with body parts. Give me a well, fucking there's one break. There's one big difference is that Pokemon would never make in a, a collaboration with Robot Chicken, and that's what they're doing with Spore, and I'm happy about that. <laughs> all right, all right. I'll give, I'll give it that much because Robot Chicken is amusing. But I just don't like the fact that they, that they take a game that really, really is a lot like Pokemon, and then they just go and say, all right, let's just – switch some shit around, and before you know it, here's a new game. I think that it's, you know, uh, while I'm more than sure there's going to be a lot of people probably write in and be like, yo, man, Spore is the fucking tits, man. That shit is awesome. Don't shit on it. Look, I've never played it on the PC. I'm more than sure I may give it a chance when it comes out on the Wii, but at first glance, I consider it fucking a Pokemon clone so unless it, it does something to blow my fucking mind away, I still think it's a fucking Pokemon clone. So fuck Spore until I play it. <laughs> but um, in moving on, of course, no big fucking secret. Sony uh, released the PlayStation Slim, which is coming out uh, September 1st. If you pre-order it through RobSpot, I mean through GameSpot, sorry. Um <laughs> you'll be able to uh, have it by the 25th. Uh, an interesting Bob fact is that Bob already has the PlayStation Slim because he stole it from the gamer conference. Wow. Figured I'd throw that out there. But, wow. Uh, <laughs> nonetheless, uh, the PlayStation 3 Slim, of course, is going to bring forth the 3.0 firmware version, which is going to have a couple of new features. You're going to be getting a status indicator, uh, it's going to have a variety of information for your PlayStation account, your name, your avatar, number of friends online, a.k.a. Xbox Live screen. Uh, you're also going to get a, a new information board. You're going to get a slightly new and updated friends list. You're going to get some store shortcuts, some new dynamic themes, which are going to have moving backgrounds, quote, unquote. You're also going to get new avatars. What the fuck is that? What is that? Who's fucking choking their chicken in the background? Real chicken. What the Dark fuck? is using force choke on his dog. <laughs> nice. But, um, yeah, you're going to get new avatars, which will be licensed from certain franchises, so you might be able to have a Kratos avatar instead of, you know, yourself, because what the fuck else would they do? And uh, you're going to get trophies for uh, Fallout 3 and Prince of Persia, and you're also going to be able to organize your trophies. Overall, I think that this is going to be a nice setup to uh, get people to buy the Slim, not just because it's pretty and sexy, but because you get the uh, 3.0 firmware, which everybody else is going to get as well. Uh, before I even move on any further, gentlemen, the PlayStation Slim, what do you think? No Call backwards it. compatibility, screw it. Yeah, but um, I don't care about, like, I care about backwards compatibility, but I'm still getting it because of the fact that I don't really want to spend shitloads of money on a, on a hard drive when I could just get a Slim that has a bigger hard drive for the same price as the PS3 is right now. Like, what do you mean shitloads of money on a hard drive? I can get a 500 gig hard drive for 93 bucks from Newegg. Yeah, even 93 bucks is a shitload when you're already spending 400 bucks on a console. 
Well, then don't that spend is. that much. Dude, seriously. All I'm saying oh, is boy. that right now, right now there's a PS3 out, which is, what, 80 gigs at the most? When I could just get for $100 cheaper, 120 gig PS3 that's smaller and fits in my, my cabinet better. Therefore, that's why I want to get that. Okay. All right. Before we move on, let's let's bring in this other caller because I've had him on hold for a minute. Let's see who it is. You're on the air. Who's this? Uh, yeah, this is uh, Strider. Um, yeah, I'm just oh, calling. Oh boy, this see what's going on. No, I'm not. I'm not gonna be country today. I'm just. I'm just. I'm just checking in, and you know, I'm just listening to all you guys talking about the video games and the MMA and all that stuff. But uh. <laughs> you know, well, I, while, I, while I have you on, while I have you on, because I gotta stop you, hillbilly Jim. While I have <laughs> you on, the PlayStation Slim. What do you think? Uh, I def. I mean, wait, how much is it again? Is it two ninety nine or three ninety nine? Two ninety nine. Okay. I. I. Yeah. I. It. it yeah. It will be owned. Well, it, it, if I had the money. You know, I can't right now because, you know, you know, Black Band and New Orleans, no job. And I'm still alive. I haven't got shot yet. Don't know how the hell that happened, but I think it's a fluke. But uh, anyway. Don't go into uh, the ninth ward. Oh, no. Nah, the crime's over on this side now. So, you know, <laughs> you know the fact the fact that I'm a black man above that made it past 27 years old uh, and without getting shot, I think it's a fluke. So, you know, you know what? Don't fuck don't fucking jinx, your, jinx yourself because you'll fucking get robbed by like a cat when you walk out your door. <laughs> You're going to get cat. shanked by a fucking cat for your lunch money. Oh, yeah. That'll be, that'll be the day I get fucked up by a pussy. Oh. Never know. Stranger things have First happened. First pussy got news. <laughs> but you know what? While I have all of you guys on the phone, I want to actually say something. I uh, I saw a comment on the chat from one of the young ladies that says, no women call into the show. Uh, pick up the fucking phone and call in so it's not a fucking sausage fest. By all means, pick the fucker up, take your beautifully lacquered fingers, and dial the fucking phone. I think no, I've no, only no, had no, one no, female no. caller, and I think that no. was PK, and I think that was like two episodes ago. So please, no, any girl time. gamer... Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Any girl gamers that want to call in and dispute anything, anything, I beg oh, you, man. no, fuck that. I am pleading on my fucking knees to call in. I'm begging you, call in and bring some estrogen into the fucking party. Otherwise, <laughs> don't say shit because I am an equal opportunity offender. I don't give a fuck if you pee standing up or sitting down. Call the fuck in and say what you got to say. Period. Great. And that and that wasn't even aimed at anybody because PK did call, so she she got a little love right there. But you know what? Any girls out there that want to dispute anything, this is not a guys only show. Just because I don't talk about any shit that girls give a fuck about doesn't mean that girls don't watch fights, don't play games, don't fart, don't pick their nose, don't do any of that shit. They're just like us, except they pee sitting down and pop out kids. So please call in. And state your piece. That's it. And you know you're not getting caught that. With that in mind, wow! Look at that. There's some. There's actually calls on the board. Oh wow. shit! Wow. Oh, oh shit! Oh, you you fucked up now. Yeah, oh, I done fucked up now. Here we go. 
But oh, massa coming, massa, massa coming. All right, we got we got 52 minutes of show left. I want to bang through these calls. Let me fucking finish up some of this game shit. If any of you want to stick around, that's fine. If any of you guys want to hang up, that's cool too. Get into movies. Uh, before I go into movies, I gotta continue to fucking give Sony their props. They're actually gonna add a digital reader to the PSP that'll allow you to read comic books on the go. I think that is one of the best fucking innovations in a while because a lot of people they with their with PSP owners in particular, of course, they game on the go, and nothing will make a train ride or a bus ride cool or a long trip like reading some of your favorite comic books on the go. Now. Of course, my big concern is going to be how badly are people's pockets going to get raped when, with, to buy these digital comic books. Now, before I even say anything, how, do any of you guys even own a PSP? No. Of course. Yeah, I got two. But I got something to say uh, about digital comics. Shoot. Well, uh, I, I saw somewhere on G4 that um, or I wasn't on Kotaku, but some of the, one of those sources, but... Um, Apparently, Mar- Marvel's looking into making animated comics for stuff like the PSP, and I guess for download on on the web and stuff. But like, I'm thinking if they can do digital downloads for comics and then have digital downloads for animated comics, I would be more interested in reading the animated comics because I I remember seeing the um the Metal Gear animated comics and the Dead Space animated comics, and they were really really well done. So if they can do that and put that on PSP, that would be another good thing to have. All right, with that in mind. Let's take another call. Let's see who we got. You're on the air. Who's this? I don't know. Is that me? A chick. I guess it's... Who's this? <laughs> it's Ark. How you doing, buddy? Oh, shit. Ark. Here we go. What's going on? Oh. All raging and shit about no girl callers, and then you just keep me on hold. <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm sorry. I got... I got all these other dudes in here. You know, they're pontificating. Oh. They're trying to fucking get their fucking shit off their chest. You know... They're trying to get a little love because they get shit on. Right, right, right. I hear you. I hear you. No, what do you um, got? I was going to say my my piece on the uh, PlayStation 3. It's kind of funny. With my new place of work, I'm kind of uh, becoming the game connoisseur uh, around there. And everyone's coming to me, Laura, what's going on? What's going on? And I had this uh, this one guy come up to me. He's talking about the new PS3 Slim. He's like, what do you think about it? It's like, well, I mean, I don't have a PS3 yet, but... um. You know, I'm kind of thinking about it, but it's just not quite, you know, on my uh, list of purchases right now just because of money-wise. And he's like, well, I say I want to get it. Just, and I have a, he said he has an 80-gig PS3, and it's backward compatible. I'm thinking about getting it. Why are you doing that? You know, he's like, oh, well, it's smaller. I'm like, well, look at the PS2 Slim. You know, I mean, there's, 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 when you look at the fat PS2 Slims, which one was the better one, really? I mean, I'm thinking more along the lines of durability here, not so much of what it will bring to the table as far as, you know, with the games you can play on it and shit goes. I don't know. Yeah, well, my fat PS2 was a fat piece of shit. My slim PS2 <laughs> worked for me for a long-ass long time. I'll tell you what, I, mine's well, still running. <laughs> I took care of that. And my, my fat-ass fat PS2 never gave me a problem. Yeah. My fat ass PS2, it went it went out like a soldier, just in a barrel of fucking fire. And then I bought the <laughs> slim one and modded the fuck out of it. And personally, I like my backwards compatibility on the uh, 
on the Fat Boy PS3. I enjoy it a lot. You know, I can play the Street Fighter collection and a couple of other games that I don't want to be buying on the PlayStation Store. So if anybody can still get a 60 gig, I definitely recommend it. Um, if you're a new owner of a PlayStation, I say hold out and get the slim one. You know, I definitely give respect to Ant for doing that. You know, it's like, you know, he bided his time, bided his time, boom, 300 bucks. What's he going to do? Buy himself a triple. But um, wait, wait, wait. I, I, I got something to say right now about ahead, that. Man. I just went up to GameStop's website and looked at their, con- their PS3 consoles, and I'm seeing now there's a refurbished 60 gig for 330 uh, I'm wondering now, what should I should I go look into that, or should I just get the, the slim? Because I know 60 gig has that type of compatibility. I think definitely, I, from my from my opinion, if you're a hardcore PS2 gamer, I would definitely do it. Just because if you got all those games laying around, you know what's the use, you know, of not giving them a little love, and then you got to rebuy them off the PlayStation Store if you got if you want to play them on the slim. I mean, it's an extra 30 bucks. It's your money. Uh, refurbed is, you know, it's hit and miss. So, you know, you can do that at your own risk. But, uh, you know, if, if you if you want to go pretty, get the slim. If you want fucking durability and backwards compatib- compatibility, then get the 60 gig. Well, like, my question is, any of you have any any experience with refurb systems? Cause I never bought a refurb before. Like, do you think that it'll be an okay bet to go for it or not? Find uh, out if the refurb... Go ahead. What was that? And it really depends on where you go. Like, if you're going to go to GameStop, I would not trust that shit as far as you can throw it. I know you okay. can throw it to some far, but, I mean, no. Just don't even do it. I mean, I've seen what they do to those systems. Sometimes they don't even check them half the time. They just put them in a fucking box. So, I mean. Okay, well, I'm really not going to them because it was going to be on their website, and I was going to order online, but I guess not. So, I mean. There you go. I, you're going to order online? That might be a little bit more more of a better route, but as far as going to a specific store, I wouldn't even do that. Or buy that shit with a credit card and put the freaking, get the protection off the credit card so if that shit fucking takes a dump, you can go in there and be like, look, man, fuck you, take your shit back, and guess what? My credit card isn't paying you. Uh, I got another one on hold. Let's bring them in. Let's bring them all into the party. Who's this? Hello? Yo. Hey, it's PK. PK, welcome to the fucking party. Uh, now we got some estrogen in the sausage fest. What do you got? I was going to say, you know, I answered that question with the PS2, PS3 like two weeks ago. I said if it was two ninety nine, right. I'd buy it. I Now that it's going to be two ninety nine, I'll think I'll just sell all my Wii shit and buy a PS3. Oh, shit. Uh, no. Look at that. Another another convert. Not gonna, oh, I'm sorry. not converting. Forget that shit. Oh. Nintendo, Nintendo gonna be coming after you. He gonna hunt you in your sleep. <laughs> Big Pikachu on this. Oh, you have this honor us. We gonna go to kill you now. You <laughs> wake up with All a right. Wii in your head. Well, you know my what? Wii, my Wii is still packed up from the meetup. I haven't even taken it out of the box I had it in. That's how wow. used it is. And before Damn. that. It got it got like a two inch layer of dust on it. Before we wear shit. All right. Mm-hmm. We wear. I have some we wear, but I can't sit there. I, I just I can't oh, play with shit. that system. I, it, it frustrates me. All right. Uh, well, while I got while I got all of you on the air, we got forty five minutes of show. I'm gonna fucking run through this shit like a bat out of hell. Uh, Let's do it. Far, 
Brett Favre and Michael Vick are going to be added to Madden. Nobody gives a fuck. Moving on. Uh, Peter Molyneux. Uh, wait, wait. I, I can't hit it. Wait, I actually have something to say on that. I was watching the news, and they had this guy, Water, Water or something, Waterbrook, and he had, or something, they had brought him in, and he was 30, and they were commenting, oh, how's he going to do at 30? And then they're talking about Brett Favre coming in at 40? Yep. I'm like, so you know what it is? Brett Favre, Brett Favre is Jesus. That's why. Anything having to do with Brett Favre, ESPN, jizzes in their pants. Anything. Brett Favre could fucking get his arms and legs chopped off in an accident and still play football as a torso with just his head, and ESPN will cover it. They will jizz all over it. Oh, my God, Brett Favre just fucking, he threw a ball with his mouth and no arms and no legs. I Who buy a camera to cover that shit. It, no, I think anybody would cover that particular scenario. Look, he is he is fucking old, and he needs to hang it the fuck up. That's it. You know, I give Vic a little love because he served his time. Let the fucker make some money. Who knows? He could go out first game and get his leg broke. But uh, fuck him. Anyway, uh, Molyneux, he's going to put out uh, Fable 3, nice new way to rip people off for more money. He's also going to be putting out episodic Fable episodes that are going to be out for free in September. Any of you guys play Fable? Nope. I played Fable 1. Fable 1 sucks. Fable 2 is awesome. All right. Anyway. Uh, uh, John Collar from... Go ahead, man. I was going to say John Collar from Sony decided to uh, say that there will no longer be any backwards compatibility. He pretty much said anybody who wants it can go fuck themselves. He said uh, the backwards compatibility is not coming back, so let me put that on the table. He stated to Ars Technica recently. He said uh, that won't be returning. Apparently, people have been buying the PS3 not for PS2 titles, but for new get, for the newest games and Blu-ray movies. Well, you know, I applaud the fact that he's, uh, you know, he went out there and he grew a set, and he said that it's not going to be any more backwards compatibility. I want to say that they kind of fucked up because I can still play Xbox One games on my Xbox 360, and I can still play GameCube games on my Wii. So the fact of the matter is that them deciding to not include that is just shooting themselves in the foot, because guess what? That means that everybody with PlayStation 2 games is either going to have to sell them all and get nothing for them, or is going to have to keep a PS2 and have less shelf space. Here's the thing, though, I mean, uh, Rich. Here's the thing, though. Um, this is just the natural progression of things, and this is what they've been trying to do. They're trying to make it so there's no more hard copies of games. I think this is going to be one of the last generations of consoles to have hard copies of games where you can go to a, a store, pick it up, take it out of the case, and put it into the, into the machine because it costs more money for them to do it that way for one, and, I mean, they're making all this money. They can charge the same amount of money for a game and then just have it be downloaded, and they'll make more profit that way as opposed to what it would cost for the, for a production. So okay, well, there are people out there who like to have hard copies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. This is true. You know, I, I just got Sacred 2, and I digitally downloaded it, and it's like I, I miss the fact that I don't have – a CD where if something goes wrong with my computer, I don't have to sit there and re-download it. I can just pop the disc in and reinstall it. And there's well, many other people out there like you, PK, including myself. But the thing is, is this is what they've talked about. This is what they have their eye on. 
So it, it doesn't shock me at all that Sony is going off saying, oh, fuck backward compatibility because that just means that, you know, they're losing money when they have people that already have the games, but they can just re-download them. It's already been proven. There's microtransactions for her. Oh, yeah. yeah oh, yeah, of course. The same game twice. Yep. Yeah, you don't give a about that. One thing I wanted one thing I wanted to touch about that, I'll make this as quick as possible. Uh, I think Sony definitely fucked up in this aspect, uh, because I mean think about it, in, in times like these, I've I've read some of the reports, the sales reports between uh PS three and PS two and all that shit. The PS two was fucking outselling the PS three. That is true. That should ring a that should ring mm. a fucking bell. I mean, yeah, people, you know, that, that should if if they had backwards compatibility, I think that would have give Sony they give customers a lot more incentive to want to invest and maybe save up and put more money on a PS3. That way, you know, all the games they have for a PS2, that shit won't be for naught. But so, I mean, very good. PlayStation 2, Strider, the production cost of PlayStation 2 is very, very low now. They're they're making money off of those consoles now. I mean, Finally. Technology is, yeah, <laughs> the technology is now essentially obsolete compared to PlayStation so they're going to keep churning out those PlayStation 2s, and lower-income families and shit, they're going to snatch that up because they keep making That's right. That's right. And because we're poor. We're, we're some poor fucks, you know. So, uh, you know, the, uh, a kid can say, Mom, I want a PlayStation. And, you know, not, not to shit on parents, but a lot of parents don't know any better. And they'll just go in and be like, my son wants a PlayStation. And the rep at GameStop or Toys R Us or Kmart or wherever the fuck will be like, hey, man. We got the PlayStation, it's two ninety nine. And the parent's gonna go, Fuck that. Oh well we got this other one, it's one twenty nine. Oh, that'll do it. And the kid is gonna be like, But mom, I wanna do it and they're like, It's a PlayStation, right? Shut the fuck up and take it. And that's what happens. <laughs> you know, Sony, Sony Sony's not stupid in that respect and, and you know our you know, Ark makes a point as does PK, you know, there is there is the the, the joy of owning a hard copy, but there's also the joy of making a shitload of money. And the fact mm-hmm. is that they're, 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 get, you know, they're fucking doing, Sony's basically doing ass to mouth on the customer because they're sticking it to you on the PS3 and they're sticking it to you on the PS2. <laughs> Here's what I got to say about a hard copy versus download. Oh, shit. Anyway, what I got to say about hard copy versus download is this. Hard copy, everything's disc now, so you have you always face the problem of scratch disc. What happens with scratch disc? You either try and doctor it and fix it, or in worst case, you have to buy the game over again. In some cases, those are rare games that that happens to. So then you can't get the game again unless you spend more than you paid for when you first bought it. Now with digital downloads, of course you got to re-download a game if something happens to your computer. But then there's that the thing you re-download it and all the files are intact. You have every file perfectly fine. You don't pay another price because once it's on your account. I'm using Steam as an example, and I'm using like Xbox Live Arcade as another example. Once it's on your account, you can re-download as many times as you want. You don't have to go out and re-buy the game over again. So that well, that's makes, a plus, at least. Yeah, so that makes digital download have a benefit. But then the, uh, the drawback is that you have to have a good connection to get the bigger games. Like if you want to get a full CD game as opposed to an arcade game, you got to wait a longer time because your download speed is going to be important. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. Very good. Very good save well, from Ant. Like Spore, you know, um, you can only install that game five times. No, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not going on about how great it is or anything. You can only install it five times, even if you have the hard copy. Yeah, the arm. Oh, that's kind of that's kind of shitty. 
Exactly, and that's what I'm worried that they're going to do with some of this stuff is say, okay, you bought it, now you can only download it and install it so many times, and then you have to buy it again or something like that. Everyone that's actual bullshit. Uh, Everyone in the world needs to get a Steam account. I was going to say, what about fucking Steam and what they're doing with the... I'm, I'm pretty sure... I'm not really PC savvy, but I mean, that's what they're doing with their games, right? Or Valve, that's what I'm thinking of. With, There's oh. a cockroach in my bathroom. Nice. They're not making the, any, any any kind of install limit on Steam games. No? Because I thought oh, they were going down that route where they were just making it available, you know, they were trying to anyway. Or it was like a pet. Not what I I'm doing. motherfucker. God damn it. I, I installed Half-Life 2 maybe six times, and there's nothing telling me that I have to run out of out of Okay. All right. Well, with that, we got how much fucking time we got. We got 35 minutes. Movie news. Uh, Seth MacFarlane said in Playboy that Stewie Griffin is a homo. Real quick, what do you think? <laughs> no shit. No shit. Surprise there. Didn't he there you go. Family guy. Yep, he said. Uh, he said in Playboy. What the hell? Who is that? Ant? Yeah. Dude, I didn't hear shit you just said. It's not like you were in a fish didn't tank. Have, try again. I said, didn't he have a crush on a babysitter? And didn't he also um, try and do the Connie D'Amico chick at the, at the high school? This is true, but I'll tell you exactly what he said in the Playboy interview. He goes, we had an episode that went all the way to the script phase in which Stewie does come out. It had to do with the harassment he took from other kids at school. He ends up going back in time to prevent a passage in Leviticus from being written. Thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind. It is an abomination. But we decided it's better to keep it vague, which makes more sense because he's one year, he's a year old. Ultimately, Stewie will be gay or a very unhappily repressed heterosexual. It also explains why he's so hell-bent on killing his mother Lois and taking over the world. He has a lot of aggression, which comes from confusion and the uncertainty about his orientation. So basically, Stewie is an emo kid. Fucking backstory into this fucking character. I'm sorry. I have nothing but pure hate for Family Guy, so... (laughs) (laughs) But but the the fact that they took the time to actually acknowledge the fact that a one-year-old, just the, just, the, just the fact that you're taking the time to do an interview to say that your one-year-old character is gay speaks volumes about how, how much people care about Family Guy. I don't give a fuck whether he fucking packs donuts in his asshole or not. I don't give a shit. But the fact of the, the, fact of the matter is that, you know, you, you're taking the time to do that, and it's cool that they're doing it that way. But I'm more than sure at some point the gay community is going to be like, how are you making a one-year-old kid gay? Because even, even, from, even from their standards, they've got to be like, wow, that's a little fucked up. Um, they did well, a lot of... chances that they knew from... Most gay people say, oh, I knew when I was five I was gay. So why can't they say, I knew when I was one that I was gay? Because, because at one, you can't even wipe your ass right. <laughs> that's, true. That, that's true. I didn't think about that. I was thinking in the context of Family Guy. There you go. But um, uh, moving on, we got um, James Vanderbilt got selected to write Spider-Man 5 and Spider-Man 6. In addition, uh, he wrote the script for Spider-Man 4. But it's going gonna, it's gonna to get better. You're going to love this. Sam Raimi repeated, reportedly didn't embrace all of Vanderbilt's ideas, and the script got rewritten. Supposedly now... Their movies five and six are going to have an interconnecting storyline. 
So uh, as of uh, as of uh, right uh, now, yeah, as of right now, Vanderbilt wrote four. He wrote five and six. Sam Raimi didn't like five and six, and they are kind of on the fence on what happens next because Raimi, Toby McGuire, and Kristen Dunst are going to come back for four, five, and six. But if what? they aren't back, they're saying that five and six are going to be a franchise reboot. So with that, with that, with that in the pocket, do you think that they should fucking just pull the plug and be done with Spider-Man at this point? Or do you guys want to do a wait-and-see approach and see how shittier it can get? Wait and see. Wait and see. Okay. Wait and see. I mean, Spider-Man nice. is not fucking Rocky here. <laughs> good, I mean, good and bad about all the movies. I just don't understand why. I mean, yeah, they're going to be making money, but I mean, I guess there's just goes to show there's no fucking integrity in show business. Exactly. And how can you plan a series reboot when the original movie came out less than a decade ago? Because that's what Hollywood does. I shit on Hollywood every... I shit on Hollywood, I think, every episode of this show. Mm-hmm. It's because Hollywood's screwed up and they have no originality anymore. This is true. And with no originality, what a great fucking segue, Rob. The Hollywood Reporter put out that Marlon and Sean Wayans are going to do a sequel to White Chicks. Oh, God. Oh, God. Keenan Ivory uh, Wayne will direct the sequel. I'd rather a sequel to Meteor Man. <laughs> I'd rather a sequel to Don't Be a Menace. No, no, I said I'd rather right. see a sequel to Brokeback Mountain. Wow. Hey, Brokeback Mountain is good. I'm the straightest guy in this freaking... I'm the straightest guy in this chat, and... Hey, Brokeback Mountain was freaking... was a super... was a, was a masterpiece. You shut your filthy mouth. Brokeback Mountain was the stupidest piece I've ever seen in my life. The only thing that was riding on that movie, pardon the pun, was because the characters were gay. If you would have made those characters a man and a woman, that would have been the most bland, fucking retarded movie you ever watched in your life. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that was was from a woman saying that. That Brokeback Mountain with heterosexuals would have been even gayer than with gay guys. <laughs> and that woman does love the cock. I, only well, yeah. only gay guys like cowboys. Wow. So <laughs> overall, the, the the only thing white chicks get is this. Pretty much. <laughs> nice. That's what they're getting. But uh, bloody disgusting also put out a nice uh, reboot. They're going to reboot the Anne Rice vampire movies, and they want Robert Downey Jr. to play Lestat. Uh, Downey Jr. has been uh, contemplating the role. Lestat, of course, is a French nobleman turned into a vampire, and he appears in various Anne Rice books. Now, I think... It'd be better than Twilight. Yeah. You know what happens? Every few few years, we go through this little... uh, uh, resurgence of vampire, werewolf, and zombie movies. And of course, the new thing He's is vampires because of Twilight. Twilight. You know, oh, that's the only thing. Ever since Twilight came out, everybody thinks that vampires are the hottest thing ever. While I do appreciate Robert Downey Jr., you know, trying to do something new, it's like, look, the Anne Rice shit is done already. Does she even write fucking books anymore? 
No, not yeah, none of Is she even relevant? I think she and made a really born again Christian now. Okay. Oh, so, so what the fuck? She doesn't give a shit about her books. Not really. There you go. So I, read, I, try, I tried to sit through and read Interview with a Vampire, and it was so bland. Like, it was just so monotone. There was nothing. It was like, drone, 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 kill, drone, 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 fuck, drone, drone, drone. It just kept, it, it was so horrible. And then Interview with the Vampire actually wasn't one of her best, though. There was I think Interview with the Vampire books. I think Interview with a Vampire, the movie, while there was tons of homosexual undertones in that movie, I think the overall presentation of the movie was very good. I think Brad Pitt did a great job. I think Tom Cruise, you know, for the material he had, he, he acted outside more outside of his scope than I've ever seen him act. Um, Antonio Banderas was good. Kristen Dunst, whatever, any little fucking pasty face girl could have played her character, but... I think that movie kind of set the standard, and then they just fucking jumped the shark with all the fucking sequels and Queen of the Damned and the Vampireless Batman. You know, I, I think I, one I movie agree was enough. I agree 100 on that one. It's really going to depend on, on how they uh, write the screenplay and everything like that. It's all going to – the script, everything, that's what it's going to – I don't care who they get. I don't care if they bring back uh, fucking uh, Brad Pitt, you know, for whatever reason, you know. It, it, it just really depends on how they do the story. Nice. Uh, one of the movies I'm looking forward to the most is the movie The Expendables, because I am a guy and I love watching shit get blown up. <laughs> the Expendables, of course, is going to be an action movie uh, with a military team that has to go and take out a dictator. The, oh, cast of, the cast of said movie includes the following. Sylvester Stallone, Schwarzenegger, oh. Jason Statham, Jet Li, Mickey Rourke, Dolph Lundgren, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Terry Crews, and Randy Couture. In addition, they announced on MTV that Bruce Willis is joining the cast. How far back are they going? I mean, geez, these are old guys now. It's going to be a reality TV show where they're going to freaking strap a camera inside of a freaking plane and watch it fucking crash. (laughs) Nice. But you know what it is? To see to see that type of a movie with my with a lot of the, uh, a lot of these old guys that I watched growing up as a kid, I definitely would. You know, I'm more than sure a lot of people said, "Hey, man, wouldn't it be cool if Stallone and Schwarzenegger did a movie together?" You know, we've all said that. Or you know, if Dolph Lundgren and Stallone did a did another Rocky. You know, so I think that this movie is the equivalent of every tag team of guy flick we've ever wanted to see, whether it's fucking Stallone and, and Lundgren doing Rocky or, you know, Bruce Willis and Schwarzenegger. I think it's actually going to be a really cool movie, but and I'm going to tell all of you right now, go in there expecting the movie to be a bag of shit. That's the only way you're going to enjoy it. If you go in there expecting artistic filmmaking like District 9 and no Lord of the way. fucking gouge your eyes out with a screwdriver because there's not going to be any good acting whatsoever. <laughs> I'm telling you right now. They need Jerry, they need Jerry Bruckheimer to direct it. I don't know. Who was gonna, let, let one of the uh, young ladies speak. Who was going to speak? I was just going to say, that's how uh, me and Rob and a bunch of others went in to see uh, Legend of Chun-Li, and that's how we survived. It was lol. 
That movie was a colostomy bag of shit. That was a six-year-old diaper. That was a six-year-old diaper. That movie's Oscar-worthy. I love that shit. I bought it on Blu-ray. Oh, my God. <laughs> then, then you need, then you need to fucking set your eyeballs on fire. That movie was uh, shit. Okay. A lot, uh, let me touch on. I'm gonna touch on the uh, the movie that you're talking about uh, about the Expendables. I think you can make a movie just by having Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sylvester Stallone just talking to each other. While that is what while that is welcome, Strider. Uh, Twenty three minutes. Here's what we got. Uh, the eighth season of Twenty Four may be the the last season, and as such, the show's writers are playing it safe by writing a couple of alternate endings in the event that the show does end up being canceled. They've actually done it with the approach that they want to be flexible. Um, I think that 24 with Freddie Prince Jr. is going to be fail, and I definitely see that shit being canceled, so go ahead and write your alternate endings, because no one gives a shit. Oh, shit. Do you agree or disagree? Anybody got any fucking thoughts? I got like, on that one. If it's the eighth season of 24, does that mean, does that mean it's like the eighth day of the show? Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because uh, it's not a fucking recording. season 24 episodes, and each episode is one, supposedly one hour of the day. Yeah, Something that's like what that. I mean. I never watched the show before. I watched a couple nice. episodes and it seemed decent, but that was really, really early, like season one or two. How can you put everything that happens in that show in one hour, like one hour of showtime? Like, it doesn't make sense. It was a great editing. The pile of to be continued. No, I know editing. I'm, I'm talking about like in the time that that exists inside the show's fantasy world. Like, how can can all that world saving take place within the span of an hour? Because it's motherfucking Jack Bauer, that's why. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's why. In the world, 24 times. Jack Bauer hey, is Bob's father. Wow. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Uh, Robert Zemeckis is going to direct the Disney remake of the Beatles' Yellow Submarine. Disney apparently secured the deal that would give Zemeckis access to 16 original Beatles songs for use in the movie. The film will be shot in 3D and will come out in summer 2012. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I knew that would definitely... That would definitely touch a nerve. A yellow bag of dicks. A yellow bag of dicks. A yellow bag of dicks. Well, I see. That's how you feel. Now, of course, I think that Disney doing it is definitely a step in the right direction because they're going to make it mainstream and millions of kids are going to fucking suck it up. And who knows? A new generation of children may be introduced to the Beatles. So I'm not going to shit on it totally yet. The only thing Disney needs to fucking be doing is making the fucking sequel to The Incredibles. Yes. Fuck Yellow Submarine and everything else. All I want to see is that little fucking monster baby and his family fucking fighting with each other and fucking saving the world at the same time. And Toy Story okay. They're too busy making right. movies about black princesses in New Orleans. Yeah, how true. exactly do they get a princess out of New Orleans? I don't know. I yeah, Strider, tell us. Tell us, Strider. 
Hey, hey, why you gotta be the black man from New Orleans? I don't, I don't know everything, man. What you, what, what you expect me to do? Well, we expect you to know everything. I was gonna send well, you a burrito, but you that, that ship has sailed, son of a bitch. All right, we got uh, 20 minutes of show left. Um, actually, there's not much news left, and I'll be able to go back and cover some of the smaller stuff. Uh, the Transformers: thing. Revenge of the Fallen Blu-ray comes out October 20th. Uh, it's gonna have uh. What the fuck are they putting in here? Commentary, blah, 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 blah. The AllSpark experiment. Viewers will get their chance to unleash the power of recently recovered AllSpark shards on Earth vehicles. Translation, you'll be able to play with the AllSpark and transform other random shit into new robot characters. I don't know what the fuck that's going to do. It's not going to make the movie any fucking cooler, but whatever. Uh, You're going to get a data hub. You're going to have 3D spin galleries for every robot. It's going to have a timeline for every robot, including their origins, backstories, and design evolution. Uh, they're going to do a making of the movie and the marketing of the Matrix. Of course, you know it's Blu-ray and it's going to look good. Anybody going to buy it? Nope. Slick. I'm going to buy it twice. I'll get it when I have ten fucking dollars. Slick's going to wait for the director's cut. Send one to slick with no I'll get it when it's ten fucking bucks. <laughs> there you go. Well, I'm I definitely gonna get a. Go ahead. I have a thought about term, uh, Transformers too. Why is it that everything was that was woken by the AllSpark was a bad guy? Because supposedly that? everything. Because what happens is everything that was woken up by the AllSpark had no real spark inside. So they were soulless for all intents and purposes, thus being easily influenced. So they kind of went with that storyline. And the only reason I know that is because I took the time and read a book about it that I saw in a bookstore. But, you know, it's an easy out. I don't believe that. I believe that that everything that they made, including the kitchen scene, was just a bunch of crazy little robots that didn't know where they were and saw these humans and just thought, let's attack the only things that are are causing a threat to us. Please move to new topics. Nice. Uh, yeah, we better change the topic for Slick Rages. Yeah, All right. This is a. This is um. This, of course, I knew that was going to start a little debate, but I actually also wanted to close out part of the movie segment. I actually wanted to give a review on GI Joe, which I went to see earlier this week. Um, first off, if you go in there expecting it to be like the cartoon, you're wrong. If you go in there expecting it to be exactly like the comic book, you're going to be disappointed. If you go in there expecting it to be an action flick that's going to introduce G.I. Joe to a new generation of kids, then pull up your popcorn because that's exactly what you're going to get. While the overall story definitely took elements from the comic book as well as the cartoon, this was definitely G.I. Joe for a new generation. I have to admit, special effects were really cool. Uh, They definitely took the opportunity to pay homage to a lot of the stuff that a lot of us knew about as kids, you know, whether it was the Hammerhead um, Battle Submarine or the Cobra Night Raven Jets, uh, you know, the Cobra Insignia, Destro. Definitely they took the opportunity to, you know, pay homage to that stuff. Um, It was definitely worth the, you know, the $8 I paid for it. It was open-ended enough for a sequel. Uh, those of you that were shitting on the suits, the the suits were 
probably one of the cooler parts of the movie. It wasn't the focus of the entire movie, so that wasn't something that you're going to see through the whole movie. But the the use of them during a certain sequence of the movie was, was well documented. But overall, I definitely want to give the movie an 8 as a whole, and it's going to definitely translate good into high def because of all the awesome special effects. Uh, while I did shit on Cobra Commander and continue to shit on Cobra Commander, I can definitely understand the motivations for making him the way he was in the movie. With that said, I'd, I'd recommend to see it. Uh, if you could see it as a matinee, by all means do so, because movies are fucking expensive. But it, it was good. It, it, it was good. It was what I went there expecting shit, and I was pleasantly surprised. What do you guys think? What do you guys What do you guys think I about it? Your man was in the movie. That's all I gotta say. I say saw G.I. Joe, and I pulled the Transformers too, so I don't have much to uh, <laughs> I don't have much to uh, add to that because of the uh, sleepy time. But um, I mean, there were a couple of parts that I did genuinely enjoy. Um, a lot of the banter going between some of the uh, I wasn't too keen. I, I don't know. I thought it was kind of weird to like see like you know the. Uh, interracial relationship thing going on in between G.I. Joe. I thought that was kind of out of place, but whatever. Um, I really don't have much to say because G.I. Joe was not a part of my uh, growing up. So. Oh, well, good. So you went in there You went in there raw, which is good because you got to enjoy it for what it was, you know? Right. I always go in raw. Of course you do. Whoa. I always go in raw. <laughs> oh boy, this, this, is, this is degenerating. Yeah. Say what? I was gonna say they put me in man in GI Joe. I'm happy now. Oh, there you go. I think I think definitely I I had the opportunity to discuss GI Joe with Slick, and um, I told him I saw it. I gave him my thoughts, and I can tell that his initial response was on the basis of how he felt about Transformers, and I go, Slick, I saw G.I. Joe, and he's like, ugh, how was it? Like, you can hear the disdain in his voice, and it's understandable based on what it was, but I can honestly say that it, I went in there, you know, perfectly perfectly desensitized to what I was going to see, and I was pleasantly surprised. I am going to say, though, that they took G.I. Joe and they brought it into the now, so you're going to definitely see... You know, Ark made a good point about the interracial relationships and things like that. All that stuff is included because they want to, the G.I. Joe ended up becoming a global thing. And they explained that at the beginning of the movie. So a lot of people are going to be like, oh, what the fuck is that guy doing? And why is Marlon Wayans in this movie? You know, his character was comic relief. I definitely feel that the two lead guys, Marlon Wayans, Marlon Wayans and, you know, Channing Tatum, both of those guys, needed to hit the gym a little more. Because last time I remember, G.I. Joe is set in, in fantasy for all intents and purposes. And last time I checked, Abercrombie and Fitch models do not shoot guns. So that was, that was my only gripe, you know. I think that personally, you know, they're acting. You could have substituted any of those guys because Channing Tatum originally, Duke was going to be played by Mark Wahlberg, I heard. Which, you know... You could interchange Channing Tatum, Mark Wahlberg, and John Cena. You could. They're all the same fucking guy. They're all from Boston. They all have the little fucking square jaw. They're all the same dude. 
So any three, any one of those three could have played Duke's character because, you know, Channing Tatum didn't add anything extra. You know, he didn't make the character his. He was just a guy playing a guy. Well, if you want to hit all the inter- international, like, big hot buttons of the new age, you need to have one of the G.I. Joe's have to be a lesbian or be or something. Baroness should have been a lesbian. I bet, I think they're gonna say they're gonna save that for Lady J. <laughs> okay. As long as we have the homosexual crowd happy. Hey, you never know. But I think you know it was worth it was worth you know the money that I paid for it. Um, I actually got the opportunity today to see the trailer for that Avatar movie that Cameron is putting out that everyone is creaming in their pants for. Um. Uh, uh, I don't, well, wait before you, before you say anything more, man. I'm just letting you know that I just got a I just got uh, a free pass to go see I think an advanced screening tomorrow. Uh, so if I can, I will. I'll start, try and send you an email about how how I you know some early previews about that. Oh, definitely. That would be that would be welcome. When's that coming out? And movie with the Nazis, or am I just really off? No. In- Inglorious Bastards is the movie with the Nazis, and that comes out Friday, and I will definitely try and see it and have a review next week. Okay. When, I when just can't end? wait for Zombieland. <laughs> nice. Zombieland looks good. I, like, it really yeah. does look good. I, I, like, I love Shaun of the Dead, and Zombieland looks like a very good, in-the-same-vein movie that everyone's talking about it. But um, Woody Harrelson has never been funny to me, so... No, he really hasn't. Woody Harrelson hasn't been relevant to me since White Men Can't Jump, and that or or, or yeah, play it to the bone also. Money train. All I'm gonna say yeah. about that is Iron Man. Oh yeah, Iron Man's gonna be fucking sick. But no, the but thing that blew- Woody Harrelson hasn't been relevant. Fucking Robert Downey Jr. hasn't been relevant, and look what happened with Iron Man. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll give you that. But Woody Harrelson just doesn't have that that leading man quality because he just looks like a stoner. He looks like a crackhead. <laughs> you know, like like I think his character his character in um, Natural Born Killers I think is what Woody Harrelson really is. <laughs> that that is my opinion. Yeah, but he's um, that size in this movie. Yeah, that's true. I actually also saw the trailer for the Wolfman today, and I think uh, the Wolfman's definitely gonna be gonna be the fucking the the shits. It looks fucking badass. If you get a chance, definitely punch it up. Benicio del Toro, he he dialed it in, man. I mean, I I was shitting on him because he's gonna be in a movie about the Three Stooges, like he's gonna play one of them. And exactly, it's gonna be him. It was supposed to be him, Sean Penn, and Jim Carrey, but. Uh, <laughs> Exactly, and they're supposed to play. They're supposed to play the Three Stooges, and it ended up uh, Sean Penn dropped out, Jim Carrey dropped out, and I think Paul Giamatti signed on. So Paul Giamatti better be playing the bald fat one, otherwise, I'm not. I'm not even gonna give a fuck about it. <laughs> Sean Penn has never been funny ever. No, Sean Penn has never been funny. Sean Penn creeped me out because I actually watched uh, Milk, the Heart movie, and. You know, Sean Penn, as far as I've always considered him, he's like a man's man actor. You know, he's like, he's always like real tough and grizzled and he beats up reporters. And he was really playing, you know, he was really playing the fairy role really well. You know, I don't want to, 
you know, shit on anybody who's listening who may be gay, but hey, I I think his performance was cringeworthy to say the least. Because you see like the most manliest dude from from when you grew up, and he's like kissing another dude. I was like, okay, terrific. I feel like if Brokeback Mountain was was starring like Al Pacino and Frank Stallone. You know what it is. What was that? There's no way that would ever work. There's just two like macho masculine characters. Like even even Sean Penn, he's not. Like you're saying it's super macho, but he's not. But he is at the same time. It's weird. He's human manly. He's not superhuman manly. Yeah, it's like watching Robert De Niro kiss a dude. I think that would yeah. fuck up a lot of people. I'm like, oh my god, what happened? Okay, can we stop talking about dudes kissing dudes? Senior Kumo. <laughs> I wish to do a slick survey with your permission. Go ahead. There's seven minutes of show left, so I'm more than sure you can squeeze it out quickly. <laughs> uh, going back to Batman, but on the movie standpoint, everybody knows the Joker doesn't die. He always looks like he dies, but he always comes back. Very but true. The guy, who, the guy who played the Joker very, very well is very, very dead. Now, here's my thing. The Joker has white skin, not Caucasian skin, white skin. He also has green eyes. Who says that he's actually white? Here's the survey. Do you think that I could play the Joker? No. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. What no the way. fuck kind of... What the no. fuck kind of fucking cornbread and grits question is this? No. No, no, no. <laughs> Joker is no. a fucking psycho. He fucking giggles his ass off. You and need fucking help. If you're going to play anybody, we all know this, it's going to be fucking Luke Cage. All right? Yeah, Barrett from Final Fantasy VII. I'll show him a fucking... Yeah. I'll show him a fucking... Or Barrett. Asshole. <laughs> or Barrett. You're playing Barrett in a Final Fantasy flick. That's it. <laughs> That's <laughs> it. <laughs> And they're, 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 they're in my Final Fantasy games. I want to play the Joker, and that's that. Alright, first black Joker. I think yeah, Blake would be better off playing as just a random black guy who just gets killed at the beginning of every fucking movie. Well, supposedly yeah. Eddie Murphy's playing the Riddler. So, you know, uh, a black oh, Joker, sure. stranger things have happened. Uh, but, um, no, I am... I my question... My question for next week is, and it's gonna be, uh, it's gonna be a gaming question, is obviously, you know, all of you guys own either one, two, or three systems. If do you feel that the money you've invested into the system, including accessories, has, has you know, made, has you've made a return on it? In other words, if you got a PlayStation Three and you spent four hundred dollars on the shit. Do you feel that you've gotten $400 worth of quality? Do you feel that these systems are worth the money that they're being that you're being charged? That's next week's question. Considering you're willing to hawk every piece I've got to get a PS3, what do you think my answer is to be? Okay. Your answer. Okay, you never know. Okay, plug go ahead, plug the web, plug the plug the plug the email address, man. The email address is going to be mtrhost the letter M, the letter T, the letter R, host, H-O-S-T, at gmail.com for 
next week's question. Uh, starting with episode 10, I am going to contemplate uh, doing a grab bag, and if you send in letters, you will get some type of a prize. Whether it's a Cracker Jack prize or not remains to be seen. Grab bag will be an ass bag. That's it. You better have condoms. Hey, you never know. You get you get what you get. But um, the fact is that a lot of a lot, the reason why I put the question out there is because all of us we spend all this money on all these games and you know accessories and all this shit. But at the end of the day. Is it really worth, you know, it, do you feel that it's worth all of this shit? Because not for nothing, the Xbox in particular is fucking a real expensive investment after you iron out all the details. Because you got to buy the system, you got to get the uh, Xbox Live. If you don't have internet, you need internet to enjoy it. Plus the microtransactions. It's like before it's all said and done, the system that you bought for $300, at the end of the day, is going to cost you 5 or 6 you know, and are you getting that much playing time out of it to justify it? I'm on my second 360, and my 360 froze no less than six times last night. Here we go. Yeah. There you go. So I'm more than sure, you know, you you feel that fuck, man. If I'm paying, you know, almost $500 for this shit, it should not be fucking freezing. Am I correct? It's a do. Kind of. All right. We'll discuss that next time, though. But, yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely uh, you know, send in your responses via email. Um, I want to take the opportunity. Uh, we got two minutes left to thank all you guys for calling in. I want to give a couple of plugs. Uh, VGN Radio is a fellow video game podcast, which I guest on once in a while. Definitely take a listen. Cleveland Sports Radio is also another show I go on, which covers mostly sports for the Cleveland area. I do the MMA segment. You guys can check that out, clevelandsportsradio.net. VGN Radio is vgnradio.com. What's happening? I don't know. It just went silent. I I usually think... that's called... All right, guys. I guess it's all going to disperse now, so I'm out. Peace. Yes, uh, yeah. we all had fun with the video. Time for the after party chat. Jesus, I'm sad. Let's go. Can you can you cue the Price is Right uh, ending scene? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I meant to say the I meant to say the fail music, but whatever. I wonder if they can hear us. Wait, wait, are we still on? Are we still on the chat, or did he did he cut off? Wait, wait, they can hear us. I wanted them to say something in the chat. <laughs> so awesome. Well, we're still on the line. Oh, we are still on the line. Oh shit. Okay. Oh, let, well, let, let me see. Let, okay, well, while I'm still on the air. Let me send a shout out to my boy Pookie. Hey, uh, and uh, let me go send a shout out to my boy David. It's his birthday, and you know I never told him, but happy birthday, dog. You know I'm gonna give you your twenty dollars later on, and you know, and if you want that new game, 
that I'm supposed to promise you next time, you're going to have to wait till next year. But anyway, uh, you know, and that's pretty much it. Uh, I got nothing to say. This one's just on the nail. See you later, bud. Okay. Well, now it's the lonely Negro that has the mic. And uh, I feel kind of lonely. I I don't know what to say now. I'm scared. Hello? Hello? Yo, this fucking shit is bullshit. Anyway... Ten seconds left. Thank you guys for listening. I'll catch you guys next week. Peace. Late. Later.